Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends at ValHart.com. Welcome to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system available now on my website at valhart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with Robin McCann. She's the author of a wonderful book called The Opal Within Us. It's all about stories of her amazing animals on their ranch. The stories are all personal experiences over their years. Um, and just a little bit of background on their ranch is I just, oh, so amazing what you do, Robin. You actually take in animals that were not wanted by others or are being sold because they're near death or malnourished or have been uh, abused. And you made a book out of their stories and you're sharing their messages with us. So welcome. Thank you so much for being with me today. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, one of the messages that you shared that really touched my heart is this, and it, it's from Reggie. And you'll have to tell us who Reggie is in just a minute. <laughs> um, but the message is this. My message is the same as all in the animal kingdom. We are pure love. Treat us with love. Allow us to be, to do our jobs, as we are all here to do a certain task. Believe that we can communicate. Believe that we are energy and we're here to make a difference. Even after we leave, we can still be of assistance. We can be heard. And anyone can hear us. They just have to train themselves to be still, to be quiet, and to connect with the energy of the universe. There is so much to learn from the animal kingdom. Size and species does not matter. We all have a journey and a purpose, too. So, Robin, tell us about Reggie. Who's Reggie? How did this come about? Well, Reggie is a, a dog on our ranch, and he was, uh, a, or is or was a small Jack Russell. And even though a lot of the stories in the book are farm animals, you know, goats and sheep and llamas, there are a couple of stories in there for the dogs. And it's because they're a part of our family as well. And they enjoyed the fellowship and the uh, entertainment of the animals on the ranch. And so I think they communicated a lot together, too, as far as their jobs and the things that they did. And so some of the dog stories are also included in the book, even though it's, you know, on our ranch. And Reggie ended up being a, a pure delight. You know, and you expect, just like the rest of us, we expect that these dogs are going to, you know, live with us for 13 years, 15 years. You know, our cats, what, 20 years or, or something. And yeah. so 
we just went about life and, and didn't think much. He was only six years old, and mm. we took off and took a trip down to Arizona, and my daughter was staying here at the house, and so he, uh, she called us the very next day after we'd gotten down there and said that something had happened to Reggie, and he was oh. playing, and as he was running and going to catch the ball, something snapped in his back, and oh. down he went. Oh. And oh. so we ended up, you know, she was just, of course, hysterical, calling us on the phone and telling us, you know, what, you know, He's hurting. He's, you know, really hurting. So I made the phone calls to the vet, told them there was an emergency coming on. You went through the the whole thing, and we were just on the phone all the time. Mm -hmm. And it immediately just sank our hearts because we weren't there. And, you know, our daughter was here, and and she was perfectly able to take care of him. But it really was hard because he was my husband's dog, and we were away. You know, and, and something yeah. happened to someone that we love, and, and we're not there to hold them and love them and, and everything. Right, right. So we couldn't focus on anything at all. So we ended up uh, waiting for the phone call from the doctor. You're sitting there for two hours, three hours waiting, you know. Mm-hmm. What's going to yeah. happen? What's he going to do? And you're thinking, and we're already planning, you know, okay, what happens if, if he has to be put down and we're not there? What happens right. if, right. you know. So we ended up uh, talking to the doctor, and we had a few choices of, of what we could do. And... So she said we wouldn't know for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So we thought, you know what, we're not going to. We told them authorize the test and all that kind of stuff, and we decided we were going to make the trip back. It's a 10 and a half hour trip. Mm-hmm. So we drove all the way back to Northern California mm-hmm. all night long so we could be at the veterinary hospital at 10 in the morning when she was supposed to call us and let us know what was happening. Wow. And so she called us when we were about a half hour, and she was trying to tell us what was going on. We said, you know what, we're going to be there in a half hour. And she was like, I thought you were in Arizona. We said, well, we couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do anything. So the story describes our entire journey mm-hmm. all the way home. Yeah. You know, you look out the window, and, and you know, you have those moments when you drive home, you go, did I, did I stop at all those, you know, stop signs where, mm-hmm. where the signal's all green? Well, that's how our whole trip was. You know, we, wow. we wanted to chat with each other. But we knew we were both experiencing our own pain and we were doing, we were reliving our life with Reggie, the moments we had, the things that we knew, you know, that he did for us, the pleasures he had, just right. because we didn't know. Yes. So when we got there, um, we, we found that we had to go ahead and put him down. Oh, and, oh I'm so sorry. Yeah, and having, and that's one of the things that my husband and I talked about because of my work with um, energy work and with uh, Reiki and with some of the other types of, of healing modalities that we have, I told him I was willing to. If he had to be in a cart, it ended up being a spinal injury, and mm-hmm. uh, he would not walk. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so depending on further tests, um, you know, we had we talked with other doctors and stuff, and they just said, you know, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And so we went ahead and, and made that decision that we would go ahead and, and put him down, and it was so hard because we walked into the, the veterinary's office. And they bring him out, and they were telling how much love he was, and he never tried to bite them, even though they could tell he was in pain. Mm-hmm. And they said that, you know, we've just got a lot of, he's in so much pain, we've got him on the highest dose of morphine, mm-hmm. equivalent to the highest dose that you could put a human on, mm-hmm. as far as body size. And wow. it's not enough to manage his pain. Oh. So we had a choice, and, and so we did. And so it was right there, that moment. So we called my son, had him come down, and my daughter, of course, was there, so we could all say our goodbyes. Yeah. And as I was in the in the waiting room or we were in the room with, with, uh, with Reggie, you could just see it in his eyes when he came in and we, he had this favorite squeaky toy mm-hmm. and this toy was, um, he loved getting the squeakers out and stuff. And my daughter had gone ahead and brought it from home and we didn't know if she would get it. So on our way to the veterinary home from Arizona, we stopped at a, at a store and bought one. 
Mm. And we called him Jimmy. That was his favorite thing. We always said, go get your Jimmy. You know, Jimmy. <laughs> so we did. Um, okay. So we brought a squeaker toy and she brought one. And when he heard that squeaker oh. go off, his eyes lit up. You could see the life in his eyes. Prior to that, you could just see just pain. And mm-hmm. and I'm ready to just give up. You know, I just yeah. can't do yeah. this. Yeah. And, of course, it was very, 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 very sad for my husband. And so it was so precious because my husband put his hand on me and he said, I know we have to put him down. And he said, but when you put him down, mm-hmm. I want you to hold him. And I want you to do, he says, I don't know how you do what you do. Mm-hmm. He says, but I know that you do what you do. And I would like, I want him to experience leaving this world in your arms so you can make sure that he goes as, as best as possible. Wow. And I Ooh. said, how wonderful. And I yeah. said, are you sure? And he said, yes. And I said, he's your dog. You should hold him. He says, no. Exactly. He said, it's more important for me to know that he had your assistance in, in, in going. Okay. So when the doctor came in, we told her that. And so okay. we, we let him go. And I, I actually was helping uh, doing some energy work with him. And just before he went, uh, you know, there's, there's time, you know, people say you can really see into an animal's soul through their eyes. And I firmly yeah. believe that. Yeah. And I, I saw into one of my sheep's eyes, one of my goat's eyes. And this story of Reggie, as he was getting ready to go, I looked into his eyes and saw that deep soul. And for a moment, I questioned, is he telling me save me don't mm-hmm. let me go mm-hmm. and i i just in the in the that was there ready to you know do the euthanasia and i'm like oh this is just mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. and i i just said let's let's go and so i helped him leave with wonderful healing energy yeah. that he could leave his body with grace and and pain free and and move on yeah. and so it wasn't until later after he had passed, uh, oh, we started walking out the door. And, mm-hmm. you know, they had these automatic doors walking out the vet and stuff. We're all still in tears and all that kind of stuff. And it's, yeah, yeah. we're walking out arm in arm. My daughter put her arm around me and she says, Mommy, you know what Reggie told me? Because my daughter can communicate with the animals as well. Mm-hmm. And this we is Aaron? Had, yes, Aaron, yeah. yes. We had given her and Joshua a moment alone with, with Reggie too because mm-hmm. they were close. And so she says, you know what? You know what? Um, they, she called him Monkey. She said, mm-hmm. "You know what Monkey told me when when I was with him? I said, what? She said he said that he's going to be the last chapter in your book, oh. and he is to finish it. Wow! So that's why the chapter of Reggie is called Reginald, the last chapter. Oh, wow! Although he wasn't written last." He told me he was the last chapter, and Bazer told her. And basically, what that was for was to mm-hmm. say, you can't keep writing chapters. You got to mm-hmm. end it somewhere. <laughs> and I have passed, and it's time. You know, this is the last story, and you need to finish your book and get on because yeah. the world is waiting for these stories and waiting for these messages. And if you don't finish the book, they can't get out there. Right. So it wasn't until about uh, a month, uh, actually a year after he had passed, mm-hmm. uh, that he actually came to me to finish the last chapter. Wow. So, and so even though he was the last chapter in the book, um, he had to do his little tidbit too, you know, because mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I did communicate, you know, the stories are telling of this whole, you know, whole story about Reggie is this, our whole time with him. It's not stories before he died. It's the whole saga of from the time we hear of the news of his accident to 
how do we deal with the loss? How do we deal with the pain? How do we deal with these decisions, mm-hmm. the emotions, and, and each other? And then now, how do we deal with the fact that he, you know, passed? And there's a wonderful part about how the other animals. So it's up to you if you want me to, you know, go into that as well, or, or you, you know, talk about other yeah, stories it, later. This but, is all. Uh, this is all wonderful. Okay. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Well, there was another uh, when we after Reggie had passed, we we told him we wanted to take him home to bury him. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we did, and. uh the other dogs didn't get, I, I firmly believe that animals need to say their goodbyes as well because they okay. truly grieve for their companions. And so we brought him home and, and laid him on the floor in the laundry room and brought in the, the um, lab and the Dalmatian mm-hmm. and had them say their goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was truly remarkable to see the different way that these two other dogs grieved. Mm. The Dalmatian refused to look at him. He actually wow. turned his back to him mm-hmm. and looked the other direction. Mm-hmm. The lab sat there and looked at him from a distance and shook. You could see his entire body just shaking. Mm. And my husband was standing at a um, slider, and he was in awe of what these dogs were doing. Wow. And then finally, the uh, Dalmatian would turn a quarter turn and kind of turn his head over to peek at him and go, yeah, he's still laying there still, and he'd turn back around and not look. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the lab started whimpering mm-hmm. and actually, like, licking his lips in, in just, he's gone, you know, he's, he's mm-hmm. not moving. Mm-hmm. And then both of them, in their own time while he was there, went over and sniffed him and licked him and said mm-hmm. their goodbyes. Yeah. And then we, um, of course, took and, and went to, um, you know, bury him, and so we, my husband wanted to, uh, we, when we bury our animals, we always um, like to uh, plant a living tree mm. in memory of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he ended up with a, a, a nice green, uh, evergreen tree. And mm-hmm. my husband said, well, we probably shouldn't let them, you know, see us bury him. I said, they're fine. They've said their goodbyes. They're not going to, you know, dig it up or anything. Mm-hmm. So we buried him and both the dogs came over and, and watched and mm-hmm. they you know, okay, goodbye. And they went off and played, picked up their ball or whatever, and mm-hmm. off yeah. they went. It was Move like, on. okay, it's done. We yeah. said our goodbyes, and, yeah. you know, that's the way it was. Right. It was right. just truly amazing to see wow. how the animals said their goodbyes as well. But I really felt it was important for them yes. to take the time that they needed, Yes. you know, and, and recognize when they were finished saying their goodbyes. Yes. So then later, uh, Reggie came uh, back, and it was amazing. I was down in, in Arizona by myself to write on the book. I went down there for a week <laughs> okay. so I could work on writing my book. And I thought I heard Reggie's voice come to me. And when when he was alive, these blackbirds would dive bomb him. <laughs> and they would just they'd wait in the, in the mulberry trees. And as he would run by to play with his ball or something like that, they'd dive bomb and just barely skin the top of his backside. Well. They never heard him or anything. It was just kind of, And they never did it to any of the other dogs. He was their favorite, and he just loved it. <laughs> You know, I'm down there on the, in the you know desert of you know Arizona kind of thing, uh-huh. and all of a sudden there's these two blackbirds perched up on the on the block wall that I was at on the river. Wow! And I knew, and I just because I thought I'd heard Reggie, and when I saw those those two yeah. blackbirds, I knew uh-huh. that that was Reggie's sign to me that yeah, this is me talking to you. Wow! This is me. You're not thinking this. You're not making it up. This is mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So then that's, that's when, uh, he came to me and, and the rest of the story of that last chapter of his mm-hmm. communication, which mm-hmm. is what you read, uh, that was the end of what, what he said. And wow. so these animals are very, very powerful in their messages to us, not only in just their actions, like, 
mm-hmm. us being able to see that they grieve and they say their goodbyes. And it's important for us to treat them as if they need that time. Yes. It, it's not just, oh, you know, this one died and we'll just go take it to the vet and let them dispose. Or, you know, mm-hmm. we'll bury a lot of people, you know, self-bury or whatever, which is, is fine. Right. But they also need to recognize that the other animals need to say their goodbyes too. And so through this this process, we were able to witness Again, that the animals are, are grieving and saying their things and then they move on or that Reggie can come back even after he's been gone yeah. and communicate with me and share with me. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, uh, give us lessons that wow. it's not just while they're with us, it's after they've passed on. And yes. many of the stories in the book are lessons while they're alive and then they have come back and, and chatted, as I say, with me mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. after the fact. Mm. Yeah, they're just still always there. So it's wonderful. Mm. It is wonderful. And so what you did, um, and you, you tell about the story, um, you know, about how you came to uh, create and have your ranch, and you call it the Almost Got It All Ranch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how you all moved there from the city, and, and uh, the children uh, wanted to move into the country and have animals. And so you started out with a few goats, and then you added in uh, horses or a horse, and then you got calves, and then you, oh, my God, right? I don't know how many animals you have now. A lot. A lot. And it seems that a lot of what y'all do, I know you do the celebrating life, you know, with birthing and, and just living a good life and stuff, and then you also work with a lot of injured, abused, and malnourished and neglected animals. Um, so... Um, how did you come up with the title of your book, which is The Opal Within Us, Speaker of the Souls, Understanding Animal Voices? Tell us about the title of the book. Where did that come from, and how does it connect it to what you're doing with these animals? Okay. And, and as you had mentioned, it, it's a, a compilation of both animals that we were having born here on the, the ranch that we had, mm-hmm. you know, bred you know, our goats, our sheep and that sort of thing because we enjoyed mm-hmm. having all the animals. And it was just, it's so fun because you have birthing season twice a year. <laughs> and because of the number of goats and sheep that we had, we'd end up with, you know, 30 babies every batch type thing. Wow. And they would just run and frolic from, you know, one would get a, a bug in their ear to, to just take off running and then mm-hmm. pretty soon two more, three more. And then all of a sudden, all 30 of them are running from one side of the ranch to the <laughs> other. And people driving by would absolutely just stop to just kind of watch. It was like watching a whole flock of birds in flight. You know, they were right. just musical right. and it was uh-huh. so fun. Oh, I love that. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we did that, you know, about twice a year. You know, we'd, we'd breed and, and so forth. And then a lot of um, people in the area in the country wanted to purchase the goats for their ranch or for their uh-huh. farm and their okay. children and 4-H projects and that sort of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, the complement of that was the ones that we brought in for being injured or that no one wanted that were abused. And we got uh, known at the, the auction, the local auction, with a reputation of, you know, taking in these animals. So even if we weren't bidding on the animals, sometimes they would actually carry them in because they could mm-hmm. not, the animal couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't even, they'd just look at us and say, you want it? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and mm-hmm. certainly we'd take it home. Yeah. And so we ended up with uh, those types of animals that we incorporated. And if they came to our ranch because they were abused or they were neglected, they were never resold to even a family. Mm-hmm. They stayed on our ranch until they died. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was just it. The ones that we raised and, and had bred here, you know, healthy and all that, we would sell them for, like, say, 4-H projects or other um, ranchers mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. wanted okay. pets and stuff. Okay. So that opal happened to be 
and, and the reason I mentioned the difference is because Opal ended up being a combination of both. She was born to one of our goats that we had for a long time. And this mom always just had one large single baby. Mm. And it, it just, for whatever, most of them had twins or triplets. We had quite a few that would have triplets. And mm. wow. so she just always had one big baby and, and they were always healthy. She was always a great mom, didn't have to worry about delivery or anything. And mm-hmm. so Opal is a major story in our book. She was a goat that was born, but she was born deformed. Mm. Wow. And so she required this attention that would be equivalent to us taking in one of the sick or or abused or neglected animals because usually Mm -hmm. when they come to us, they're so malnourished and they can't walk, they can't hold their heads up. Mm -hmm. And Opal ended up being that way. She uh, was a very, very hard, long labor, probably about 15 hours, Mm. which is very unusual for a goat. We actually had to assist in the delivery. Actually, my husband was the one that did the delivery. And I used some Reiki therapy and stuff on her while we did it, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, through the delivery. We were at the barn until, you know, wee hours of the the night. Mm -hmm. And it is just a wonderful story of of her life. Her life was eight months. Wow. And she was, as I said, she was born deformed. She was actually born... We thought she was going to be dead. She she had the coloring. She had the lifelessness to her. Uh, she mm. had the the um, staunchy smell of of death when she was mm. born. The, the mucous membrane stuff on her and everything. It was just yeah. not good. Brown, yellowish color. And we just when she was delivered, we went. Well, I guess, and we saw a flicker of breath. Mm. So we, my husband, started doing some mouth to mouth. We started doing some you know heart palpitations and and trying to get her. And then we scooted her in front of her mom so she could you know mom's just get them licked and get them going mm-hmm. and she survived and wow. but she couldn't walk she was her legs her front leg was deformed we did an examination she couldn't hold her head up she was basically an invalid mm. and so we ended up uh doing it ended up being a couple weeks of six hours a day type thing of therapy and the, mm. the story is just wonderful as far as the process so her mm-hmm. her story started out as just a journal because there's just so much to do with her yeah so her whole body was rotated her mm. The rib cage was rota- rotated. Her hips were rotated. Her one leg was bent backwards in the front, that she so she couldn't use it. She couldn't hold her head up, and we just knew that she had some internal problems, and, mm-hmm. and just knew that she was going to have some long-term effects. Yeah. We didn't know how long her life would be, but we knew it most likely wouldn't be a full-term, you know, go a standard life. So Opal, the the title, um, I was just given that title as as the Opal within us, and. The story that she, she was an awesome storyteller and example because Opal didn't just give us one story. She gave us many stories. Okay. So it's really hard to choose which one is really Opal. Hmm. So the Opal within us is her name Opal. My daughter came down to the barn when, because we weren't even going to name her because we didn't think she was going to live. Yeah. And my daughter came down to the barn a couple days later and she says, by the way, mom, her name's Opal. It's mm-hmm. okay. Great. Ah. That sounds fine. <laughs> and, you know, we were going to name her Lucky or, you know, something or, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, any, one of those, you know. Yeah. And so her daughter said her name was Opal. We said, great. And then later, uh, Opal had actually communicated with our daughter and said, oh, by the way, the name Opal is very perfect for me. And she said the reason for that is because Opal is a precious stone. Mm-hmm. And so she went through talking about how um, the <clears throat> the uh, precious stone was full of color, 
and had all kinds of, uh, it has all the, the opal has all the different colors of the chakras in it. Ah, okay. And so she just said that that was beautiful because she represented all of that. Wow, okay. And she also, um, she came to us with a purpose of telling us and showing us not to judge. So as I said, she came with many, many different stories and, and reasons for life. Mm-hmm. But the main oh. one that we saw, and that's why it says the opal within us, so it's not just the precious stone, but when you really read her story, she was sent to show us how people judge too much based on physical appearance. Yeah. Because she she had to use her head to to help her walk. She had to use her nose when she first started. Mm-hmm. Her leg was bent back. She was very... Um, she didn't look like a regular goat. Yeah. And so she was bringing us not just about learning not to judge about physical appearance, but she wanted to bring us knowledge of acceptance. We need to accept that these animals or people, you know, it doesn't just stop with animals, mm-hmm. that these people that we see that are in wheelchairs or have some type of debilitating disease or maybe have been burned by a fire or undergoing reconstructive surgery or have been totally destroyed by a dog that attacked them and they they have lost some of their features. Mm -hmm. Any of these types of things, a lot of us want to shy away from engaging in a conversation or associating with them and we feel sorry for them. And Opal's story was, don't feel sorry for me. Okay. I am here. I'm living life. I want to show you not to judge based on physical appearance. Mm -hmm. We even tried to fix her leg as she got older. Mm -hmm. I had taken her to the vet because I wanted to have him do an x-ray and see if her tendons were the right length. You know, is everything growing, but it's just growing the wrong direction? Can Mm -hmm. it be straightened or whatever? So I Mm -hmm. took her to the vet and they did some x-rays and stuff and said, yeah, everything's the right length. Everything's fine. We think we can straighten it. Mm-hmm. So I had taken my journal in that I had kept and showed the vet, and he was just amazed. He said, you've done all this? You know, it's like, <laughs> not only did you take care of this animal and you've done all these things, but you even kept a, a journal. He could not believe all the things that we had done and how uh-huh. we had nursed her to health and, and the yeah. therapies that we gave her. We designed therapy boards with with uh, plastic cups and, and mm. like sawhorses and Wow. carpet padding so she could be outside with the other animals and still enjoy, you know, their company and stuff. Wow. So it, so he was he was really taken in. <laughs> so he said, "Yeah, we'll we'll do the surgery and okay. and we'll, you know, take care of her." Huh. So she did. She had her surgery, stretched out, got her cast. Mm-hmm. Cast came off in a few weeks or whatever the length of time it was. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that and he said, "Oh, you have to do therapy." So, oh, no problem. That's easy. I've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> and so sure enough, her legs started retracting again. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until later after she had passed that she actually communicated with me. And one of the things that she said was, you tried to fix my leg. You had surgery. You did what you could mechanically and in this world. And she said, but it wasn't meant to be. She said, I was meant to be that way so that every time you saw me, you would remember not to judge. Yeah. That's why I'm here. They have journeys. They have purposes. And she said, it's when we don't judge that we learn to accept. And so Mm -hmm. that's where the knowledge of acceptance in her lesson came in is when you have knowledge of acceptance, you automatically don't judge. And so the, the opal within us was also, you know, people think because they're, they're confined to a wheelchair or because they can't 
you know, they've lost their legs and they can't swim like, like others or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. any kind of, of, um, not out of, you know, whatever's not the norm, you know, you're just mm-hmm. not like everybody else. She wanted us to know that you, that she still lived. Yeah. She said, I didn't get shortchanged with anything. This is my purpose and my journey and I've accepted it and I'm, you know, shouting it to the world. Yeah. Uh, this is how I want it to be. So her message was, even though I'm different physically, she wanted to be sure that we knew that she lived and she didn't miss out on anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She teaches us that when we accept, we aren't judging. Mm-hmm. It's just not possible. Right. Acceptance just trumps judging. Right. And she says people shouldn't feel sorry for someone, you know, who looks different or, or who has special needs or certain mm-hmm. diseases. She says it's what's inside their soul and their heart. Yeah. And she explained that the acceptance pushes us past the judging. So we see them for who they really are. And her purpose, she said, it wasn't to overcome my physical limitations, but my purpose rather was to teach others not to judge. And as long as we saw her limitations, we would think of acceptance, not judgment. Mm -hmm. And then there was also lessons from her mother. So not only was it just Opal, but Opal's mother, Olga, I know it sounds kind of confusing, Olga and Opal, but um, she taught us about accepting and not judging as well, or, yeah, about the judging and not accepting, or accepting and not judging. Uh, most moms, you know, would have abandoned their babies. If they can't get up and run and, you know, get out of danger or keep up with the crowd, they get left behind. Mm-hmm. And Olga wouldn't do that. She stayed with that baby in the barn. She wouldn't go feed with the others or graze. And Opal couldn't walk. She couldn't go anywhere. And so Olga, I'd bring her food to her and she'd eat right there and she never strayed. She was just the most dedicated mom. Mm. She ate with her baby. She stood there, laid there for hours. And so Olga taught us that we have to stay by these, their side, whether it's the animal or whether it's our child or whether it's our parent or, you know, the person that is in need physically or in need emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, don't judge, accept, and then stay by their side. Even if they can't do the things that you can do, yeah. they need to know that you support them and that you're not going to just cast them aside. We have to give them that support and not feel sorry for them, accept them, and welcome them. And so that was, you know, the support that, that her mother, the lesson that she taught us too. I mean, mm-hmm. she could have easily just wandered off and left, you know, and yeah. said goodbye. You know, yeah, figure most, it out. Yeah, I'm most not gonna, animal yeah. mothers do. They, That's if right. there's something wrong with the baby, they mm-hmm. know it's mm-hmm. not viable and it's a danger and it's, you know, they, and they take action. So. Yeah. They wow. Do. That's amazing. There was a, there's something else that, um, I don't know, I can do a quote out of the the book. It's really, you know, quick. Mm-hmm. I know you had read the one about Reggie, but it, it's mm-hmm. right along with Opal as to also one of the things that, well, well, so for the Opal within us, though, as far as the title, it comes back to she wants us to realize that within us, all of us have the ability to accept and not judge. Yes. And that's and when we do that in our in our heart and in our soul, then that's when when we realize that we have made a difference. Yes. And so I wanted to read this because I I found this too and it's it's helps us. I mean, so not only is there the story about acceptance and not judgment, like I said, she has many different things that she she teaches us because she was so uh, physically um, deformed and, and couldn't function like normal goats. Mm-hmm. She had to do things differently. So what she what I wrote in the book was, as I looked back on the day since her birth, I realized that Opal made major progress because she focused each day on just that day. 
What can I do today? What can I manage? What can I learn? What can I practice? By focusing on just one thing, she was now walking. She figured out a pattern that worked and wasn't worried about whether she was going the right direction or doing it right. As a matter of fact, when she first started um, walking, she walked backwards. (laughs) <laughs> her first steps were backwards. She was oh pushing God. with her nose. She didn't have the other front leg to use, so she figured out, i got to go somewhere. Uh-huh. And she would be so excited. Like, I'd come home from work, and I'd go to the barn, and she was just like the, the you know, toddler that just figured out how to, you know, do uh-huh. something, you know, how to, you know, open up a <laughs> lid or, or how to open up a cupboard or something. Uh-huh. She was so excited. She just, you know, wagging that tail and wiggling her back end and just like, mm-hmm. Mom, Mom, look at me, look at me. And uh-huh. I came home, and, one, and she just all of a sudden just started showing me, and she walked backwards. I'm like... Oh, my goodness. And I didn't care she walked backwards. She was walking. I was like, oh, I don't have to pick you up and carry you anymore. You can move. You can go places. You know, she was like, wow, it was amazing. And so that was what what I was referring to. If she didn't care that she was walking in the right direction Mm -hmm. or that she was going forward or backward, she was walking. Wow. And so that's part of the lesson that she gives to us is just do something. You know, don't don't worry about is it right is it the right direction makes the thing so then right. she continued where uh where she said she didn't care if she was in the right direction she was doing it right she knew she was moving yes and then in her communication uh you know opal had communicated with my daughter and said that she would dream walk Ooh. and she said that was i would practice it outside my own body she would watch all the other animals ah. she'd watch how they walk she'd watch how they run she'd mm-hmm. walk how they or watch how she, and then she would take that into herself and and do it in her dreams. Uh-huh. And that's how she taught herself how wow. to walk and how to do these things. Wow. And so she, right. yeah, so she says, I didn't lay around or sulk or wish. She planned and then acted. She's a true example of living in the present moment. By being present, she was able to stay focused and direct her energy to one task. Focusing her energy got results. She could now walk forward and in circles. Oh, I love that. So it was it was another lesson to us. And so even while we're doing all this and in the middle of therapies and in the middle of things, you can sit there and realize that all she did was say, I need to learn to walk mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. focused herself on how do I do that? Yes. And then once she learned to walk, was, okay, I've got that mastered. What do I need to do next? And what's, what else do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and love so that. They, so they can really give us these lessons of helping us in, in life. It's like, okay, I need to change my career or I need to change... Yeah where I live or, or I need to change where my, where my mother is living. She, she just can't do, what do I do? Yeah. Just focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. And what and a great a lesson. Yeah. yeah. What a great lesson for all of us. Live in the present moment. Stay focused on the task at hand and direct our energy to that task. And I also love the dream walking. Yeah, that's something that I actually teach my clients and stuff to do, and you probably also do some of that. Uh, I love that. It's a great concept mm-hmm. uh, where we actually take it internally, you know, and, and we create it in our own being um, and see it in our own mind and work through it. And then it's, it's like that's how we train ourselves. Right? It's how we manifest it. You know, it's mm-hmm. how we connect with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's wonderful. It is. It's a wonderful experience. And, and I... Yeah. And it was, that's what she told, that's what Opal had told my daughter, so it wasn't like we just, you know, came up, I mean, that was the word she used, dreamwalking. Yeah, I love that. It's a great yeah. term. Yeah, it's mm. great when you get those Beautiful. kind of confirmations from the animals when you think mm-hmm. that something isn't, you know, it's like, did I hear that right, you know, or what's yeah. that about? And, and then it gets put in perspective and stuff, you know. Right, right. And kind of like later, you know, with Reginald, the, um, the little Jack Russell, when mm-hmm. he came back and was talking to me later, 
in that time when I was in Arizona and the Blackbirds came and I finished the story, he mm-hmm. had brought back up to me. He said, I know when you saw into my eyes and into my soul that for a brief moment you questioned whether you were doing the right thing. Yeah. And he says, I know it's been bothering you because you've, you've always double questioned whether you did it right. He yeah. said, you did. Yeah. He said, I was not meant to stay. He said, I was, I needed to go. He said, so rest assured, you did do the right thing and, and I, I did need to leave. I'm really and, glad you said that. You know, I know so many people when they're at that point with their animal and it's time to, you know, you're either going to give them death with dignity and put them out of their misery or maybe there's that still spark of hope, you know. Uh, I think we all go through that moment where we doubt. Um, but I love what Reggie came back and shared with you and also love that you were committed and you knew and you did what needed to be done. So and It's mm. hard. And I know it there's a hard. lot of people that don't believe in the euthanasia and there's those that, you know, wouldn't do anything except the euthanasia and there's, mm-hmm. there's always both sides of it. Yes. And so, you know, he, he was, there's, there's a time. I mean, I, with some of our animals, I, would work with them holistically here on the, the ranch and through energy work to help them pass. Mm-hmm. We didn't just always, you know, euthanize. It was not necessary. It was they have a, a point in time and there's a, a process that we can go through to help them leave this world. Mm-hmm. And then there's times you can't. And I think we can apply that to ourselves when we're looking at, you know, decisions with our own family and loved mm-hmm. ones, you know. Yeah. Um, do we keep them on a respirator? Do we keep them on, you know, machines? Do we keep them medicated? Right, right. And, these, and so even though these are animal stories, they have such relevance to our everyday life. Yeah. And, and how we can put that into perspective to how can that help me with my business or with my social life or with my career or, right. or with my spouse. Right. It's amazing. Right. I have a question for you, Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I know your book, it, it's all these wonderful stories about the animals and their messages to us and quotes from the animals themselves and it's about direct conversations that you've actually had with them is that something you've always known you could do or do you think others others can do it as well learn how to hear and talk to their own animals uh yes it i'll, I'll answer the second question first yes it's something <laughs> that everybody can do okay uh i but the second or the first part of your question no i didn't always know i could do this ah okay uh you know, some people, there's, you know, communicators and psychics and healers that they, they know they were born with it. Mm-hmm. And some of them will even say, I didn't know what to do with it. It scared me or mm-hmm. I, I had to suppress it. Uh, and then it wasn't until a few years later. And others say they were raised in a family where it was welcomed and, and mm-hmm. their grandmother and their mother, you know, was able to. And so it was mm-hmm. just right. a very open thing. And with me, it wasn't. I, I mean, I, I was close to animals just like all of us typically are with our, you know, as children, we mm-hmm. love our dogs and our cats and our horses, and when they die, we cry, and it's it's very painful, and yeah. and we feel the separation. And I went through all of that that too, but I also, for some reason, just felt a little bit more than just a normal childhood connection with the animals. But I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't hear them or communicate with them at the younger ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, as I uh, got old. Well, one of the things about the death and dying, I, I was always the one that had to uh, take him to the vet when uh-huh. it was time for them to go. Uh-huh. Uh, my mom would always say, "I can't do it. You need to." And, oh, and wow. I was always one, and I didn't mind because I, I looked at it as they were passing on. They were they were leaving their pain and leaving their 
their situation and they were going to be better. Yeah. And I was the one that was going to miss them. Yeah. And that's always hard on the one left behind, but is, this yeah. was the better choice for them. And yeah. I never had a problem with that. I and I now that I'm older, I think well that's just part of what I was about, you know, mm-hmm. as far as because mm-hmm. of me being able to work with these animals with death yeah. and dying that that was kind of a predecessor to that. Yeah. So then as you know, I married and had children and went on with my career and and didn't think anything about it. And then all of a sudden when we ended up with the ranch mm-hmm. and we moved to the country and we started having all these animals and, and then we just, we didn't intend on bringing in the, the sick and the, the lame and the, the challenged and those that were no longer wanted and, mm-hmm. and abused. Yeah. It just happened and I know it was for a reason. Yeah. And by having those animals, it then forced me and my husband and us to treat them differently. So I had to start searching for remedies and for, things to make them better and you, know, you had your standard medications and shots I was trying to do it so then I started taking animal communication classes healing classes massage classes uh, mm-hmm. anything I, color therapy stuff I, I read books I just I knew that there was more to this world to the therapies available to the universe to the energy and I started bringing in all of these options that you wouldn't explore in just your traditional mm-hmm. um, society. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a lot of that now. It's very open. We have we a lot of it now. on TV Thank now. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of stuff uh, internet-wise and, and exposure, and, and it's becoming a lot more common. Right. And so it was one of the things I just, I, I always thirst for information and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so that's what anybody can do. Anybody can train themselves and take these classes because there are wonderful people out there that are skilled mm-hmm. and successful in being able to teach people to communicate, to do some energy work and therapies right. and, and right. work in these vast areas. And so I took advantage of that and learned it and used it with the animals. And in yeah. doing that, in combination with those things, there were times when we didn't have anybody sick or ill on the property. And I was feeling like I was not necessarily getting rusty, but I was like, I need mm. need something to work with. And I would walk out to the field and I would Uh-oh. open up my arms and I would say, who wants to volunteer? Oh, well. I need someone to be sick. I need someone oh. to volunteer because without it, I can't practice. <laughs> wow. And the very next day, I would have one that volunteered. Wow. And I would sit there and, okay, thank you very much. And I would honor them and uh-huh. praise them and thank them for uh-huh. allowing me to learn oh. and whenever I once I learned what it was you know it was usually a two or three day you know thing of trying to figure out what was going on using the energies using communication using some of these therapies that I had learned and they'd be fine off they'd go <laughs> and I would again honor and praise them and say thank you uh-huh. you know so it was and, you know there were ones we didn't ask for that they just you know came to us that way but when I was in yeah. need all yeah. I did was ask and they they honored yeah. they understood oh. and honored and said you don't have to pick me I'll volunteer Wow. It was awesome. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, they weren't afraid. Uh, yeah. They yeah. weren't afraid. It's a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're treating them with respect. You're mm-hmm. being fully present. You're clear in what you're offering. And you're communicating, which is such, mm-hmm. it, it's like the, it, that's the cornerstone foundation of our uh, relationships with anyone is our ability to communicate. You know, communicate our heart, mm-hmm. you know, our mind, our intentions, our desires our passions all that yeah. yeah and it just takes time and anybody can learn 
I mean, there are yeah. plenty of times I'd sit in animal communication class. <laughs> and, uh-huh. You know, I was, I was trying to learn, and I'd sit there, and there'd be seven or eight of us, and the, the instructor would say, okay, we're going to, you know, focus on this and concentrate on this you know, mm-hmm. bird or this dog or whatever, and we all yeah. need to see what they're telling us. Right, right. And I go, oh, this is this is not going to work. You know, this is, I just can't. I, I just don't think I'm going to get anything. And sure enough, you know, the time is left. It's okay. Let's see what everybody got. And, uh-huh. uh, Mary uh-huh. got this and Sue got that. And they're just telling. They get to me and I say, I didn't get anything. Ah! And I, I was just so disappointed because I thought, <laughs> why am I not getting this? What's my mental block here, you know, or whatever? All uh-huh. these other people got something, uh-huh. so it must uh-huh. work, uh-huh. but not uh-huh. with me. <laughs> and it took me, you know, many times to realize that uh, it's I'm not one, and and to this day I can't, and I don't know if it's going to change later, but I I hear them when my energy level is at a certain vibrational level, which is where it needs to be on mm-hmm. their telepathic, their energy level. I hear them. Uh-huh. And I recognize their voice, and I—I I mean, I—I I just know that they're there. Yeah, you know exactly. But I cannot, to this day, go walk out in my yard or go see someone else's cat or dog and tell them what that animal is saying. <laughs> it is not something that I have been able to do yet. So even though I have listened to these animals and I've communicated with them, so part of what I want to let people know is, you don't have to do everything. Yeah. You know, that you don't have to feel that, because I struggled with it for a long time. It's like, how can I sit here and write a book? How can I hear all these mm-hmm. animals? Mm-hmm. But I can't walk out to someone else's yard and they can say, you know, I'm having problems with my animal. You know, they're not, you know, doing this or that. What do I do? It's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time I struggled with that. How can I say that I communicate with animals and not be able to tell someone what's wrong with the animal? But that's not my purpose. Uh-huh. My purpose is a totally different purpose. Maybe right. later, you know, maybe a year right. from now, five years from now, I will, right. you know, experience that and grow. But I can hear them. Yeah. And once they tune in and connect with me, then I can communicate back and forth. Well, ha- we have these yeah. wonderful conversations in my book. Right. They talk to me, I talk back. Yeah. But it's not the same as someone that is a animal communicator that can actually, you know, just do this over the phone. There's many of right. them that can. Right. And well, you know, you know that's that's a, that's actually what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I teach people. I teach students how to communicate. And this is actually one of the things that a lot of students really struggle with. You know, they it comes in at certain times, and they really have to learn how they receive. You know, um, and then how the art of the conversation and how to connect with other animals and. And yeah, you know, that's that's one of the things I work with with my advanced students as well. So you know, you know, you're in good company. And mm-hmm. the truth is, is that you do communicate. You are connected. You do receive information. And sometimes it doesn't come when you want it to. Sometimes it simply comes when it's time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's and when you're time. connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I could. I in several of the stories. I'm driving my car. Uh-huh. And one of the stories was I'm driving my car and I have my radio on smooth jazz and all of a sudden my little, my German short hair p- chimes in. Right. Exactly. And it's like, where'd that come from? <laughs> so, so that's what I'm saying. It's, I, I had to get over the fact that I don't need to be at that particular point where I can just initiate a communication with an animal anytime I want. Mm-hmm. So part of my message to people is don't give up. You know, don't feel that because you want to do a certain thing, whether it's communicating with animals or whether it's being a, uh, educator for something else or whether mm-hmm. it's you know right. specializing yeah, in whatever you form, choose to do yeah yeah realize that it is a an ongoing process and right. that 
whatever level you're at, whatever gets, honor them, mm-hmm. respect them, yeah. welcome them, thank them. Yeah. And so I am so thankful for the types of communications I have with my animals. I mean, my llamas chime in all the time. I was on a walk. One of the stories that was just, it was so comical when you're talking about how you, you, you do this. Uh, I wanted to take my llamas on a, on a walk, so I had to load them in the trailer, and I have the, the main llama that is like in charge of, of the whole group, you know, and he's uh-huh. just wonderful. He's a walker. You can put a pack on him. He goes out, <laughs> you load up his pack, and he hauls the trash back, you know, kind of thing, and he walks through water. He does everything. Mm-hmm. Well, my other llama, uh, wouldn't do that. He wouldn't even load in the tray, but he would hardly <laughs> even falter him up. And for some reason, I decided I was going to attempt to take him on this walk. Well, we're at home with the trailer, and we had to back the trailer up to almost like a, a, a dirt pile so that we didn't have to, so we could load him easier and he wouldn't be, you know, afraid to step up. So we were trying to make it an even level. We actually had to winch him in. There were three of us. It's like, you're going on this walk. I don't care. We're going to go have some fun. Uh-huh. So we took the one llama in to show him how you walk in. Uh-huh. And the other llama just wouldn't do it. So we, you know, actually put the, the one end of the rope in the, in the front of the trailer and then we tied it to his halter and we just started winching him in and we were pushing from his back. We didn't have to worry about him kicking. They were, they were fine and spitting. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't do any of that stuff to us. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. we're pushing. There's three of us trying to get this llama in uh-huh. with a winch and I started going, how am I going to get him back in when it's just, you know, my daughter and I later, there's just us two women and we're just going to be, you know, we're going to be at this lake and we're going to be trying to put him back in. How are we going to do that? Uh, good question. So we decided, well, we're still going to go anyway. So we took off and went on our walk. And as we're coming back and we're getting close to the trailer, mm-hmm. I'm, ho- I'm walking the, the um, llama that uh, doesn't load and my uh-huh. daughter's walking the, the one that's perfect. Uh-huh. And so I just sent a message to the llama that, Jack is his name, the one that knows how to do everything. I said, Jack, I don't have the energy, I don't have the strength, and I don't want this to be a long process. You need to tell RB how to load. Mm -hmm. You just need to tell him this is how it's done and this is what you do. Mm -hmm. So sure enough, I took my daughter took Jack and just walked him in the trailer. Uh I took the other one and he just went around the corner and he just walked right in. (laughs) And I I mean, three hours earlier, we were winching and pushing and tugging and pulling and and Uh he was fighting and putting on the brakes. Oh, yeah. And so as we get back, and then I thanked Jack. I said, oh, Jack, thank you so much. You you made this so easy and so enjoyable Uh and all that kind of stuff. We get back, unload him. Put the trailer away, and so we're walking through the field. All of a sudden, I hear this other llama, RB. He mm-hmm. says, by the way, next time you want to tell me something, don't go through someone else. Just tell me direct. <laughs> he says, I would have listened. He says, I can hear you. I know what you're saying. He says, so next time, don't tell Jack to tell me. Just tell me. He's, and he <laughs> says, by the way, thanks for the walk. <laughs> it was wonderful. That's great. Absolutely wonderful. So, uh, so I came to the understanding that being able to hear them mm-hmm. and communicate with them and have this relationship is wonderful because I can understand all these lessons and stuff. I don't have to be able to, you know, solve someone's problem and, and there's plenty of people to do that mm-hmm. and to help with that. And it gives me something to strive for yet still too. And Absolutely. what it gives us to understand, to yeah, we don't have to know it all at once. Yeah, that's it's right. a process. That's a process. That's yeah, and right. so that's my next goal is not to do it in the next week or whatever, but that's one of the things I still need to train myself yeah. because yeah. as you're asking, can everybody do this? Yes, some of us are born as, you know, natural animal communicators or other types of, of healers. Mm-hmm. 
And others of us, you know, it is available. We just have to access the resources. Yeah. Believe, trust, and practice. Yes. And yeah. just keep going. And that's, you know, I, I've had this wonderful experience with what I have and the trust and, you know, just asking and, and the animals providing and, and yeah. the stories and the help and the lessons that I know it's just a matter of time of me allowing yes. to, to progress further. Yes. Robin, we're running out of time. Um, and I know that the book, I mean, you have such wonderful stories in there, stories of, uh, you know, the colors of hope. We've got stories of dogs and blackbirds and and all the other wonderful animals, the, the goats and the llamas and you name it. You've got sheep and horses also, right? All that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to really encourage people to check out your book, um, The Opal Within Us, Speaker of the Souls by Robin McCann. Um, and I think, did you want to leave the audience with any anything, our listeners, uh, with something, anything you'd like them to know or do? Uh, yes, the, they can certainly go to the the website plural. So it's uh, elephantsdance.org. Okay, and they can go there. And the, this website is beautiful. It was designed by my daughter Erin, and uh-huh. there are there's a picture gallery of all of the animals that are in the book. Ah, so wonderful! You can see color pictures of the goats and the sheep and the llamas, and mm-hmm. and uh, there's stories, uh, uh, links to go to other places, and there's also, of course, a place to purchase the book. Excellent. Uh, and there's a couple sample chapters too, full oh, chapters good, good. out of the book that you can actually read before purchasing. Oh, people will love and, that. Yeah, it's, it's right. a nice little thing. So just be sure to click on the part that says, um, you know, read sample chapters and mm-hmm. and read those, and then continue okay. on. And the website is the best way to contact you. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So yes. we'll have the email so. address there, and you, there's a, a section where you can just put contact us, and you can type in your mm-hmm. your question or type in something else. Uh, okay. Yeah. If you want to have me come speak, I, I'm doing a lot of stuff on death and dying because a lot of the animals have gone through that process and I've worked with them through that process. Yes. If someone wants to talk to me or, or um, ask questions about the death and dying with the animals or mm-hmm. how to do I can certainly, you know, point them in the right direction or help mm-hmm. giving them some, some ideas on that as well. I love that. That's so, so. needed. Uh, so let's give everyone the web address one more time. It's www.elephants.com dance.org org let's do it again elephants dance.org e l e p h a n t s d a n c e.org i hope everyone goes there and checks it out and picks up a copy of this wonderful book you won't regret it is so sweet it'll touch your heart It'll move your soul, um, and it'll connect you with the opal within you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know I, I feel um, very touched and very moved by what you're doing, and I appreciate all your hard work. Um, I think you had one more quote uh, from Opal, uh, and now that we know who she was, this will make uh, more sense to us, I, I think. Uh, do you want to share that with us before we call sure. it a day? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, Opal said that uh, she wanted to make sure that we knew that there is love between friends, human mm-hmm. and animal. To us, we are one. We live in a kingdom where hope, grace, unity, and love surround us each day. She passed on these elements of forgiveness, faith, guidance, trust, and the uniqueness that one's heart and soul makes the physical body healthy. Mm-hmm. She said, my time was short but well-lived. 
And yes, with my physical difference, I lived. I truly lived. And I am still living within you. You gave me the ability and strength to live, to teach, to share with you as a healer. We, in turn, heal ourselves. It is now my turn to heal you. Remember, it's my purpose to be present with you as you journey on and complete your purpose. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Robin. You're very welcome. Thank you, Val. It's been All right. Pleasure. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it so much. And again, everybody go to elephantsdance.org. Um, and by the way, your book is also on Amazon. I forgot to mention that. Well, okay. thank you. And uh, I'll oh, catch up welcome. with you later. I'd like to find out more about what you're up to. So okay. Please, thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary happy animal assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life. Mm-hmm.